Free Podcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet. Hi, Janet. How are you? Hi, Lucia. Are you excited <laughs> to talk about this movie that I selected? I am pretty excited, but actually, before we get to today's movie, uh, we do have some housekeeping. The first thing is we have an iTunes review, and we are almost out, so um, please feel free to drop a review if you haven't yet. (laughs) Yeah, so now we start being really thirsty again, pleading with people to reach out and contact us. Exactly. So this one is called Fun and Interesting, and the user is Louisa Campos, and she says, some great ideas and fun conversations. Short and sweet and to the point. Thanks, Louisa. Aw, thanks, Louisa. Okay. The other thing that I wanted to do before we start talking about today's movie is something to do with last month's episode, Point Break. We put out a poll on Twitter that was, how much do you love the Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, 1991 movie, Point Break? And the options were, I love it sincerely, I love it ironically, no way it's bad, and never seen it. And we actually had 35 votes, which is way more than I expected. Wow, one one of those votes was mine, and it was, I'm sure you can guess which one I voted. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yours was the sole vote that said, no way it's bad. (laughs) It was probably, it was me, that's what I voted. Yes, so that one had 3%, so I'm pretty sure it was one person, and, uh, or maybe two. Then 40% have never seen it. And 57% love it sincerely, like me. But you know what I found interesting is that 40% number, it's an older film, and I feel like it has that cult classic status. I thought for sure more people would have seen it, so that I found really interesting. Yeah, me too. I don't know what our demographic was of who answered, if it was like a lot of younger people, because it's not that easy to find in terms of, you know, it's not streaming anywhere that I could find and people aren't really using DVDs anymore. So yeah, I don't know. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Yeah, Netflix needs to bring Point Break back. I could not agree more. Yes. And then we'll get the remake that we deserve. (laughs) Um, Okay, so moving on to today's film, we are doing the 2012 movie Silver Linings Playbook. And Janet, this was your pick. Do you want to give us a little bit of uh, your backstory? Yes, let's dive into this one. So I selected this one for a couple of reasons. First off, this premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival in 2012. And since it is September and for some reason I always like equate September with the film festival because it's such a big deal here in Toronto so that was one of the reasons that I chose it Mm -hmm. also the other reason is because I had never seen the movie and I am definitely not a fan of either Bradley Cooper or Jennifer Lawrence I've yet to see them do any work that really 
Oh, interesting. And because this film received such high accolades and did so well critically and Oscars and just the whole bit, I guess I wanted to see if their performances lived up to the hype because I suspected that we could definitely do better in terms of casting. Okay. I don't want to get too far ahead, but did it live up to the hype? Not for me. Okay. I mean, my expectations were low going in in the first (laughs) place, but that doesn't mean anything because there have been several movies where I've felt that that was my approach going in. Like The Descendants is a good example. When we talked about that a couple of months ago, you know, I'm not a George Clooney fan and I wasn't expecting much from the movie. I was happily surprised by how much I enjoyed that movie. But for me, this movie did not live up to the hype. What about you? Well, I saw this movie, not in the theaters, but probably shortly after it came out on home video. And oh, you had seen it already? Yes. And when I saw, or maybe even on a plane or something. I know I didn't go out of my way to watch it, so it was probably on a plane. But I remember really enjoying it. So it would have been in 2012 or maybe 2013. And watching it now in 2019, uh, I did not enjoy it as much as I did the first time. I didn't hate it, but I wasn't as impressed as I was initially. Okay. Mm -hmm. While watching it, did you think to yourself, yes, Janet and I can totally improve on this casting? Yeah, I absolutely did. But... It's not necessarily the performances that were bothering me. It was more the writing. And so I really, really struggled to recast it because I didn't want to think of this movie any more than I had to. Wow, you really didn't like it. Uh, yeah, not really. No, it what really bothered you, what me. What was it about it that bothered you so much? I think that... When I first watched it, I was like, whoa, this is an amazing portrayal of mental health issues. And then watching it now, I did not feel that again. I I felt that there were probably certain parts that were realistic, but especially towards the end, it felt like they just, I don't know, were running out of time or didn't have a way to wrap it up, but wanted a happy Hollywood ending. And they just kind of like threw it all together. And I think it was really irresponsible might be too strong of a word, but it did feel kind of irresponsible the way that they wrapped up the movie. Really? Okay. That's an interesting take. Yeah. So I did not enjoy it and I didn't want to put anybody else in it. (laughs) But I found some people who I think, I do think that I improved in and I imagine you did too. of the two lead actors that was really throwing me off. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, do you have the box office information for this movie? Yes, I do. So the budget was $21 million, mm-hmm. and box office was $236 million. Whoa. Yeah, it did really, really well. This movie was so successful. Mm-hmm. I was definitely surprised at that box office number. I didn't realize that it made so much money. Yeah, I remember that it had been a big deal 
but I also did not realize it made that much money. That's kind of nice because especially in today's movie culture, it feels like the only movies that make money are, you know, superhero movies. Right. It's kind of nice that a movie like this did so well. Well, I remember when it was at the Toronto Film Festival, it started generating a lot of positive buzz at that point, and they were already buzzing about Oscars. And then it actually won the audience award at TIFF. So usually movies that win that audience award usually do quite well. Okay. Speaking of Oscar buzz, this movie did get a lot of nominations, and it got the main four acting nominations, as well as Best Picture. And so... It was, oh, I should have written this down, but it was like the first time in probably 10 years or something like that since the movie had gotten all those nominations. Yeah, it had eight. It was eight Oscar nominations. Yeah. I remember that it had done well, but I didn't realize that it had done that well. I can't remember now who it was up against that year because I feel like they couldn't have had very strong competition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it could be. (laughs) And is this not the one that Jennifer Lawrence won her Oscar for? Okay. She won the Oscar for Best Actress. Yeah. And then was it one year later that her and Bradley Cooper were working with David O. Russell again in American Hustle? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the synopsis of the film is, After a stint in a mental institution, former teacher moves back in with his parents and tries to reconcile with his ex-wife. Things get more challenging when he meets Tiffany, a mysterious woman with problems of her own. Okay. So the subject matter, I found it really interesting. Okay. Okay, great. Well, I think now is a perfect time for a break, and then we will get back into it and do our recasting. Sure. Looking for tickets to major sporting events, concerts, or theater events in your area? Use the ticket resale site, seatgiant.ca. Seat Giant is Canadian-owned and operated, and they guarantee every ticket. All of their ticket prices are in Canadian dollars, even for events that are in the U.S. You can use the promo code APN, all lowercase, at checkout to get 5% off your purchase. What does the APN stand for? Alberta Podcast Network, of course. So find more than a million tickets at seatgiant.ca and use the offer code APN to get 5% off at checkout. And now back to the show. Okay, and we're back. So, Janet, as this was your pick, would you like to go first with your recasting? Sure. I'm so excited. Because <laughs> I have so many notes on this one. Just to kind of, you know, reiterate, like, I do not like Bradley Cooper or Jennifer Lawrence. If anyone is listening and they are huge fans of either of these actors, reach out for sure. And let me know why you love them so much because so far in terms of their work I have seen neither one of these actors in anything that where they were just so great that I was blown away and there's so much hype constantly about the both of them Mm -hmm. don't you find yes I'm not a fan of Bradley Cooper either Jennifer Lawrence I I don't know, I was fine with, and I'm kind of just a little tired of her, quite frankly. But I did think both of them were really good at American Hustle. You saw that, right? 
No, I've never seen that. Oh, for some reason I thought you did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah. Bradley Cooper is one of those actors. If I know he's in the movie, I purposely will not watch it. Yeah, that's fair. Like, he bugs me that much. <laughs> I really don't think that he's as talented as everyone's always hyping him to be. Yeah. So, for his character, Pat Solitano, I was reading about how David O. Russell said in an interview that he met Bradley Cooper after, sometime after Bradley Cooper had done Wedding Crashers. Okay. And this is a quote, like David O. Russell said this, about Bradley Cooper, not about the character that he played in Wedding Crashers. He said this about Bradley Cooper. He said, he seemed like a palpably angry person to me, Ooh. a scary angry person. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like that was his takeaway from meeting Bradley Cooper. so he felt that bradley cooper would be a great actor to portray pat solitano because of this characteristic that that he picked up on when when he met bradley cooper that's amazing to me for starters i mean if you're meeting someone and that's your takeaway i'm not so sure I'd want to work with someone. Yeah. Like yeah. For starters, um, that person is going to be a bit of a liability on set, <laughs> I would think. Oh, no. And also, if that's their personality, then then a role like this is not anything that's a stretch for them as an actor. <laughs> right? Good point. It's just an extension of his personality. He's basically playing himself. So that's my question. Was Bradley Cooper playing himself, or was he playing Pat Solitano? Wow. I can't help but wonder. So, also, you know what I wanted to ask you? Okay, did you feel, when you were watching the movie, did you think that Pat Solitano was, like, a one-dimensional character? I hadn't thought about it at the time. Right, well, I'm asking you now. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm just kind of like thinking um yeah we don't really get to see too many sides of him um yeah I I would say that there's not a lot of depth to that character okay but now there's not a lot of depth to that character because of the way it was written or because of Bradley Cooper's performance the way he played him you could definitely go deeper with a different actor exactly because I felt that the way the character was written, I don't know that he was necessarily supposed to be one-dimensional, but the way Bradley Cooper portrayed him, that's what I got from that performance. And I think that they did a disservice to that character and also, in a sense, to like what they're trying to portray. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So definitely like when I was looking at at other actors to recast like I took that into account I wanted somebody who could bring layers and depth to that character because I think it was there the the character he was like a pressure cooker of emotion yes you know what I mean like you always felt like he was ready to go off Mm -hmm. at any time right to me Brad 
Bradley Cooper was like an angry bird. Okay. <laughs> I get that the character is angry and has mental health issues, and I totally understand that, but I felt that we needed an actor who could portray a different awareness as well. And it's such a, a heavy role. Like, that was the thing, too, that I was watching it, and I was like, you know, I'm so mad that Bradley Cooper had this amazing career opportunity because that role, like, that role is a dream for for an actor, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a role that has so much meat on yeah. its bones. So I actually had two people that I chose. My first selection was James McAvoy. James Do McAvoy. You know do you know who James McAvoy is? I, I certainly know the name, but I'm blanking right now. So, I'm so sad right now that you're blank for James is, McAvoy. Is he Scottish? He's Scottish, yeah. But he does a great American accent. Yeah, but is he the guy from X-Men? He is an X-Men, yeah. Okay, I think I do know who it is. Yes, yes. Okay. So James McAvoy, I mean, in my opinion, he is one of the best actors of his generation. He's a little bit younger than Bradley Cooper, so like I kind of took age into consideration, but not so much. James McAvoy, in you know, he's proven that he can play all the emotions. And if you're not familiar with a lot of his work, he did a movie, it's an M Night Shyamalan. He was in Split. Okay. Yeah. Which he plays uh, this character that has like I forget how many personalities, but it's so many. I think it's 23. After seeing James McAvoy, I mean, I was familiar with his work to begin with. I knew he was amazing. But after seeing him in that movie, I was just like, he's an exceptional actor. You know, and he's proven that he can definitely play that anger, that intensity, that kind of inner conflict. I mean, I could sit here and go on and on and on. I'm a huge fan of his work, and I think that he could definitely portray that anger and that sort of pressure cooker of emotions. And, you know, he's, I mean, I guess you could call this a romantic sort of comedy as well, or a romantic dramedy. Mm-hmm. He can definitely play a romantic lead. He did a, a movie called Penelope with Christina Ricci that he was so good in. Becoming Jane with Anne Hathaway. He did a movie with Jessica Chastain called Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. He can do the romantic lead beautifully. So, yeah, I would have oh, I would have loved to have seen him in this role. I think he just would have crushed it so hard. And then the other actor who I thought would have played this role really, really beautifully as well is Oscar Isaac. Oh. Do you know him? Yeah. He's Poe Dameron. Yeah, of course. <laughs> in the Star Wars movies. Um, and again, he's about the same age as James McAvoy, like early. This movie was made seven years ago, so they would have been like in their early 30s. But, you know, I've seen a lot of Oscar Isaac's work as well, and he has such a commanding screen presence. And he does that whole intensity, like that anger that we see in this character of Pat Solitano. Oscar Isaac does that very well also. Mm -hmm. That um, intensity, that darkness. There's a real depth to his work. And I 
one of the best movies that I've seen him in was one of the earlier movies was in Drive oh. with Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. He plays Carrie Mulligan's husband okay. who gets out of jail. And that whole performance of his, I mean, that is the personification of pressure cooker of emotions because you see him in that movie and it's like you constantly wonder when he's going to go off or if he's going to go off and like that was the other thing about him he was relatively unknown when he did that movie I mean he certainly wasn't the star like that was a, a starring vehicle for Ryan Gosling right and his performance left such a lasting impression on me like I remember thinking to myself who is this actor because he actually made me lose focus from Ryan <laughs> and so I think any actor who can command the screen when he's working with someone like Ryan Gosling is somebody who's definitely a talent right yeah. um, and also his like other dark sort of riveting performances that he's done like he was in Ex Machina he was in that one he was so good in that um, a most violent year. Did you see that with Jessica Chastain? No. Oh, he was so good in that. He plays like this. Oh, the anger is like <laughs> incredible. And then he's also, I mean, he's done a few like romantic leads as well. Like he was in Life Itself. That came out, I think, last year or the year before. It didn't do very well, but he plays like a romantic lead in that. So I felt like he is someone who could have tackled the Pat Solitano role with such skill. It's a shame that neither one of them (laughs) was considered for the role. And I don't know, Bradley Cooper's portrayal was, was lacking. Yeah, I think that's fair. So then the other role that we recast was Tiffany Maxwell, who was played by Jennifer Lawrence, and I don't get the the whole Jennifer Lawrence phenomena. I mean, I've seen some of her work. What is she known for the best? Like, would you say the X-Men movies, or would you say the Hunger Games? The Hunger Games, for sure. X-Men, there's too many other people going on there that that's not necessarily where she is kind of, like, starring. Pratt. Chris Pratt. Passengers <laughs> where they're on this spaceship. And then this film. There's sort of this expressionless sort of way that she always comes across. Like there's this austerity to her acting and I don't know, I just don't feel like she's got a lot of style as an actor. I mean, she was better in this role than I thought she was gonna be. She wasn't bad, but I think there's actors that definitely could have done a better job Mm -hmm. than than what she did so when I was recasting it what I was looking for in my Tiffany was the same thing like that pressure cooker quality somebody who could channel that right somebody who was kind of able to exude a lot of confidence on screen like that alpha sort of because she is her character is very much like an alpha female, right? She's very strong. She's very confident. But at the same time, like, there's this vulnerability to her that you definitely see throughout the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And there's also a 
I found her character more comedic than the Pat Solitano character. Okay, yeah. So I wanted an actress who, like, could do that as well. Okay. So, again, I had two choices because I couldn't narrow it down just to one person. So my first choice was Sienna Miller. And she might not seem like an obvious choice. She is definitely one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I always look to try and recast her into something because you know what I really feel like Sienna Miller is so incredibly talented but she's so sadly underappreciated a lot of people don't think of her because she's not like an obvious choice but I think if you've seen enough of her work like I could totally see her as Tiffany okay I did, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, in Mean Girls, you know, a lot of people are really reductive when it comes to that movie, but I'm sorry. Her performance is Regina George. That is one of the best performances in, I mean, it was great, in my opinion. And yeah. then, too, I thought of her performance in The Family Stone. Oh. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, I hated that movie. Oh, really? Yeah.
bitch as well and she had like this hard edge to her but then she had like that vulnerability and I don't know I just I definitely thought of her while I was watching this movie and I thought she totally could have played Tiffany Maxwell yeah she would have been really good she had auditioned for the role she was considered at one point yes that's right yeah I saw that Mm -hmm. yeah so those were my picks okay well I definitely think that with any of any combination of those two of those four I should say (laughs) um it would have been better yes yeah no definitely like everyone you picked is super talented and really could have brought something more I'll say interesting to the roles and also I didn't go with like I didn't want to go with anyone too unknown because I felt like you know this was a big budget movie Mm -hmm. so I think you needed names Yes. Okay. Um, for my picks, for my Pat Solitano, uh, similar to you, I wasn't really like focused on age. I didn't think that was as important for these roles. I kind of wanted within a certain range, but that's about it. The first person that I thought of, because I also did think of who can play angry really well, but can also be somewhat vulnerable. And I thought of Christian Bale first. Yeah, I think that, I mean, he had already worked with David O. Russell in The Fighter and then worked with him again in American Hustle. But I think that he really could have been a little, he could have brought more depth, like as you were saying, because I I hadn't thought about it in those terms. But yeah, I do kind of feel like, (laughs) I'm sure unintentionally, but Bradley Cooper kind of did make it a one-dimensional character. And, I mean, he is talented. I'm not a big fan of Christian Bale. Like, he seems like not a good person. <laughs> but he is He's a good a actor. actor. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. See, personally, I mean, who knows? But, yeah, he is a great actor. Totally. 100% agree. Yeah. And he really loses himself in a role. And so I would have been really interested to see what he would do with this one. I think he does rage very well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, I think he could, is maybe, he shares that characteristic with Bradley Cooper. Yes. He's a rageful, rageful person. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he probably is sort of rageful in life. (laughs) Yeah, he could definitely channel that. Yeah. (laughs) And so my second pick is uh, a little different. So, okay, the way that I did this is my first pick is solely based on their acting. And then my second pick, I went through a list. I was like, who can dance? Because I'm sorry, I know that they don't have to be great dancers, but what they did at the end in that dance sequence, they would not have gotten a five. They would have gotten like a three. (laughs) So I needed somebody... Yes, they were terrible. They It was awful, awful, awful. And I read that Jennifer Lawrence was like, I can't dance. So, and I'm sorry, but it shows. So anyway, the second person I was like, okay, I'm going to look through a list of actors who can also dance. And Sam Rockwell was on it. And as soon as I saw that name, I was like, okay, he's such a good actor. He can dance. And so I would really like to see what he would do with the role. Yeah, Sam Rockwell, <laughs> he dances in yeah and you know sure he has to act at first that he cannot dance but at the end he has to be able to at least you know mediocrely dance which I just I don't think they did but anyway (laughs) 
Oh, really? I thought it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Sam, Sam Rockwell, I mean, come on. He's a great actor as well. Yeah, so. absolutely. He can do anything. I really, really uh, like Sam Rockwell. Compare, yeah, it's like comparing like a croc to like a high-end shoe, right? <laughs> Oh, no. The croc is Bradley Cooper. The high-end shoe is Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I was going to say it's like comparing apples to Ferraris. <laughs> um, okay, that's, that's good, too, even though they're different. Yeah, that's the point. They're not even in the same category as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah. <laughs> so um, moving along to Tiffany, Jennifer Lawrence was, I think she did a good job. I don't think she was bad. I think she was too young for this. Yeah. But that was something that I definitely thought as well. I thought she looked too young next to Bradley Cooper. Yeah, they're 15 years apart. I don't know why they keep getting cast opposite one another. Right. And it's interesting because David O. Russell, he said that his initial reaction was, no, she's wrong for the part. She's too young. Oh, interesting. That was his initial reaction. But then apparently she did like a Skype audition and he was completely fixated with her. But yeah, his initial reaction was, no, she's too young for the role. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, me too. So my first pick for Tiffany is Amy Adams, who is, I mean, again, a phenomenal actor. Uh, She can do anything. (laughs) And she is a little more seasoned than Jennifer Lawrence and yeah yeah, I I really she's very strong and confident in a lot of her roles she can be funny as well although I don't know like yeah there were beats that were I don't know they might make you chuckle but I find it hard to that people refer to this as a comedy and there are quite a few people who do yeah exactly but anyway she can do comedy Amy Adams would definitely be amazing in this role yeah and uh, then my second pick, which is the dancer, is Julia Stiles, who is in this movie, but doesn't get to dance. <laughs> Julia St- Oh, right. She plays um, Veronica, right? Yeah, Tiffany's no. sister. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I think Julia Stiles is, she had like a string of kind of, you know, high school flicks when she was young, probably in her early yeah. 20s. And I don't know if that is why... She clearly outgrew those roles, but I didn't see her in much after that. And I think that she deserves more. I think she's a good actor and I don't think she gets enough opportunities to show it. Yeah, I agree. I think Julia Stiles is so undervalued. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know that I could see her in this role. I think I like Amy Adams better. But, yeah, I agree with you. Julia Stiles is is a very good actor. Yeah. So those are my four picks. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I actually didn't really mention anything that anybody has been in, but I feel like they're all big enough names. Maybe Julia Stiles is the only one who uh, people might not recognize. She was... But she's in the movie. Yeah, exactly. So if you've seen this movie, she plays Tiffany's sister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Actress who plays 
Pat Solitano's mom. Yeah. Weaver. Oh my God, I love Jackie Weaver. And she mm -hmm. was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. I didn't know that. In this movie? Yes. Great. Yeah. Yeah, she was amazing. I really, really liked her. Yeah, I love her. And, and Robert De Niro. You know what? Robert yes. De Niro, I mean, he is a great actor, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of things that I've seen him in recently that I haven't necessarily enjoyed him in. I really enjoyed him in this role. I totally agree. I think he was fantastic in this movie. Yeah, he was amazing in this movie. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of fun facts, but I did find a, a nice list of other people who are considered for the roles. I already mentioned Rachel McAdams. So here's the problem. Um, I was telling you this before we started recording is I looked at this list before I did my recasting. And so then oh. I just kept thinking of these people and I was like, oh, they'd be so good. No, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, it was an accident. I was, I, I you just, cheated. <laughs> well, I didn't pick any of them. You're a cheater. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Rachel McAdams would have been great. The other people who I saw were Olivia Wilde, who I also think would have done an interesting job there. And Elizabeth Banks, who I wouldn't think of initially, but once I started picturing her in the role, I think she would have been really good, too. Right, right. Um, and then also Blake Lively and Rooney Mara, Kristen Dunst, Andrea Riseborough, and Zoe Deschanel. Yes. Which made me laugh <laughs> because I absolutely cannot picture Vince Vaughn and Zoe Deschanel acting opposite one another. Yeah. I don't even think that we're not ready for that. <laughs> that should never happen. I don't no. think. I can't see it. I don't know. I just, I can't see it. And I can't see how they would be believable to an audience. Yeah, I totally I agree. Know. I know you kind of, I think you'd like Vince Vaughn more than I do. I can't see Vince Vaughn in this role. He couldn't handle that. I think Vince Vaughn is too old for this role, for starters. I think he would have been too old. And also, I think Vince Vaughn is good at those angry sort of performances, but mm -hmm. I think he would have been too angry. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think it would have been, like, you'd be watching it and you would have been frightened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I would fear for his parents. Yeah, like, you'd be like, this guy is a maniac. Yeah. He is a serial killer. <laughs> he is going to kill the neighborhood. Like, that would be the way, if I, if I saw Vince Vaughn in this role, that's where I would think the movie was going. So I think he would be too aggressively angry for yeah. the role. Um, and then did you see that Mark Wahlberg was considered? I did, yeah. So that, which I don't know about that. Well, I kind of love it in a way. <laughs> I think I can see him in this role. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel like he's another one. Like, he gets everything. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I also like while I think that he can do the, you know, anger just under the surface, I think I, I think he could be mildly funny when yeah. he wants to be. But I can't see him being 
multi-dimensional in this role either. Can you see him dancing? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I can't see Mark Wahlberg dancing either. Yeah. I don't know, I have a hard time picturing that. Like, it's funny that you said that about the dancing, because when I was casting it, I was like, yeah, I want to see James McAvoy dance. Yeah. He's so sexy. <laughs> I could see James McAvoy dancing, or even, I'm pretty sure I've seen Oscar Isaac dance. Oh, I'm sure. Dance. I'm, I'm sure, sure he can dance. Yeah. The other thing that I saw was that Anne Hathaway was initially, she was cast for the role, but she had to drop out. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Could you see Anne Hathaway as Tiffany? Mm, so I think this was uh, shortly after that movie she did, uh, was it called Rachel Getting Married? Oh, right. So having seen her in that, I can see why they might have thought of her for this role, but ultimately, no, I can't really picture it. No, I think she would have been the wrong choice yeah. for this role, definitely. And it's funny because I saw the same list that, that you did and that you were mentioning the actresses, and I just always laugh at these lists because like, I don't know how they go about coming up with these lists, right? Like Blake Lively. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, because I saw that Angelina Jolie was considered for the role as well. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah. And I was like, how do you put Blake Lively <laughs> and Angelina Jolie on the same list? Yes. What? No. I'm sorry. Again, like that's like a croc <laughs> and a high-end shoe yeah. in terms of talent. Okay? No. For no, sure. No, no. For sure. And I even, I can't really picture Rooney Mara in this role either. No. So anyway, I think that they should have asked us because clearly we knew what was going on. <laughs> clearly. Yeah. yeah. Imagine with our actors, they would have made double the box office. Absolutely. I think they should make four versions, four more versions of this movie with these actors. <laughs> Yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to mention, because it was just kind of like, I don't know if it had to do with the time when this movie came out. It wasn't that long ago, but I read Roger Ebert's review, which I think he might have already passed by then. It was probably like one of his people. Oh, okay. So it was, I'm, I'm just going to read like sentences that caught my eye. Sure. It said, the screwy new comedy from David O. Russell how do you watch this and come away saying, what a screwy comedy? Yeah. I don't know. When I saw that it was considered a dramedy, yeah. I was like, okay, I know what that is. <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't find anything particularly funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. And he also says, this all builds up into a classic screwball comedy situation. Like, I understand that that final scene. And I think maybe, again, this is where I had the problem with the movie, is right. that it does kind of go into a screwball comedy when what you've given us to start with, how do you end up at screwball comedy? Right, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. And then he also says that Pat Sr. is harmlessly obsessed with the Eagles. That's not harmless. I'm sorry. He would have gone bankrupt if they had judged the stance competition properly. <laughs> oh, you're really hating on their dance moves. <laughs> yeah. They really screwed up 
when she the big move you know when she jumps up onto his face on his shoulders that was horrible that would have been a three right there well i guess that's the screwball comedy part of it sure right i enjoyed the dancing okay i guess i'm a pill i don't know we no we we just disagree on it but i really i was like this dancing is fun but yeah okay I I did think that it was fun dancing, but I didn't think that it was like we're in a serious competition with people who are actually dancers. Right, right. Yeah, I do see what you're saying in terms of how the movie starts off, you know, dealing with mental health issues and then kind of evolves into something else. But I guess we're supposed to see... I think the dancing is somehow cathartic for them as well. I guess you could yes. look at it in that sense, right? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I am on board with that. I also have to say, like, at the end, when they're together, it's just, like, to me, that's also, like, a pot just waiting to boil over. <laughs> yeah. That could did end you, so poorly. Did you find that they had chemistry? I didn't buy that, no. I really didn't because I don't know. You tell me if I maybe misread this. So they go to dinner at his friend's house, at Veronica's house. Right. And is it meant to be a setup between the two of them? I'm not sure. I never really sort of understood that either. I got the sense that maybe they were trying to set them up, but then Veronica's husband was kind of like, you don't want to go there. Stay away from Tiffany. Right. it was almost like they sent them, it was like a mixed signal. Yeah. And so right from the beginning, Jennifer Lawrence, anytime, uh, what's his face, Bradley Cooper talks about his ex-wife, she's making faces and she's pissed off immediately. And it's like, you just met, like, and you're mad that this man you just met is talking about his ex-wife? It was just oh, so I weird. Yeah, it was like she was immediately in love with him and had to have him. And and anytime he talked about uh, his his wife, <laughs> she would get all mad that he was not seeing her. I don't know. I really didn't enjoy that part of it. See, I didn't really, I don't know, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I didn't pick up on that she was making faces or, or that sort of thing. But I got the sense that we were supposed to see that, you know, she has mental health issues as well. And they never yeah. really talk about it. They don't delve into, you know, what exactly is going on with her. Yeah. But that's yes. one of the, the things that they sort of bond over and that they have in common, especially in that scene when they are having dinner and they start talking about the medications that they've been on. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about this because there are parts that I like, there are parts of the performances that I like, and then there are parts that I don't as well. Fair enough. Yeah. The ratings for this movie, on IMDb, this got an 81%, and on Rotten Tomatoes, a 92%. It did very well, critically. Yeah. I feel like 92 is a bit high, even like regardless of my personal negative feelings about it. Is it really a 92% movie? Mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed it a lot more, and I definitely would have understood the height as well. Okay, well, how about we take a break now and then come back and do our final segment? Sure. Repodcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. 
ATB is the place to go if you need some help with financial planning. Gary and Colette and their son Aiden are a hard-working, single-income family, and like so many Albertan families, their numbers don't represent their story. After a string of bank experiences that left them feeling like they were being treated like a number and looked down on for wanting help, they went to ATB. They were surprised to find a bank not only willing to help, but people who truly wanted to hear their story and uncover what they needed. To get inspired by their story, visit atb.com slash Benoit. That's B-E-N-O-I-T-S. And now back to the show. Okay, and we're back, and it is time for our favorite segment, Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza. Yay! It is time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we recast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. Janet, would you like to go first with uh, your role? Should I go first? Yes, please. So, Tony Danza, I cast him as Dr. Cliff Oh, who is Pat's therapist? I love it. In the movie, um, because I mean, come on, <laughs> he's Tony Danza. Okay, he's got wisdom. He's got the warmth that you know the that Doctor Patel. Even though he's his doctor, you get that sense of warmth off of him. Mm-hmm. He's got that no nonsense <laughs> sort of vibe happening that. I think Tony Danza could totally do. And he was comedic as well. Like, I yes. found Dr. Patel to be somewhat comedic. I think he was one of the actors that I enjoyed the most. I don't know who that gentleman... I don't know what his name is. Um, I didn't write it down. Mm-hmm. But the actor who portrayed Dr. Cliff Patel, like, I loved him. Yeah. Was, to me, he was, like, one of the shining moments in the movie. And you know what? Because... Pat Solitano, they're an Italian-American family, right? Mm-hmm. So Tony would have brought, like, he could have brought, like, an Italian-American vibe to the therapist role as well. <laughs> okay. The actor's name is Anupam Kerr. If I'm probably okay. saying that incorrectly. My apologies. <laughs> yeah. I've seen him in other movies. Yeah. He's also in The Big Sick. You saw that, right? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, you should. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good. I, You know what? I didn't even think of that. And it's such really? a great, uh, such a good role for Tony Danza. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I went back and forth between two characters. One of them is the Robert De Niro character. Because, right. yeah, like, he, it's an Italian-American family. He's the dad. You know, he, I feel like he, um... While Tony Danza, like, clearly comes across as one of the sweetest people in the world, I feel like he could play angry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think he would have been good in that role. But ultimately, I cast him as Randy, which is the friend who makes the bet with Robert De Niro. Oh, no way. That old guy? Yeah. So my reasoning... Yeah, so so exactly. Why are you saying it like that? Because that guy was not very good, right? Like, I'm sorry to this man, Paul Herman, I think his name is. He just, he was not very good in this role. And so it'd be nice to, like, take him out and put somebody in who'd be better. <laughs> yeah, but that role, his 
<laughs> yeah, I know, I know, he was. But he doesn't, like, it's not outward. So he appears nice initially, right? Like, he looks, he seems like he's his friend. He's always kind of, like, jovial. And so, you know, the snake is underneath. I never liked him. <laughs> I think, but yeah, I can see for sure. You know what? I almost did cast him in the Robert De Niro role. But mm-hmm. I felt like it was just too obvious <laughs> yeah. to cast him in that role. So that's why I cast him as Dr. Patel. Yeah. No, that's fair. Okay. Nice. So any uh, last tidbits or anything before we wrap up? No, I think that we covered everything on this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we made it so much better. Yeah, I agree. I really do. I found it difficult to recast this, but once I found the people, I was pretty happy with them. Okay, well, if you want to follow us, uh, we are repodcasting on all the social media things. And if you want to email us with any suggestions or thoughts about the episode, you can do that at repodcasting at gmail.com. Or if you want to yell at us about <laughs> anything that we said today, <laughs> yeah. please contact us at yeah, repod, it's repodcasting at gmail.com, right? Yes. Um, so Janet will be checking the email from now on because I'm not interested in hearing you yell at me. <laughs> um, okay, and then next month we have our special, I mean, I'm going to call it an annual thing now. It's the second time. It's our So Bad It's Scary episode for October. Exactly. So the movie that we'll be recasting is Little Italy, the 2018 Hayden Christensen, Emma Roberts film. And I'll just say this. Sorry if you're going to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I picked this one, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... um, It's a doozy. Oh, for sure. I mean, it is worth watching just for how bonkers it is. Okay, so watch Little Italy and join us in recasting it next month. Yes, please. And thanks, Janet, for joining me as always. Aw, thanks, Lucia. It was fun. (laughs) Take care. Bye.